It's the most popular sport on the planet, with an estimated 4 billion fans worldwide. But not everybody grew up watching or playing soccer, particularly here in the U.S. I sure didn't. I made fun of soccer, called it boring, hard to follow, and not as entertaining as football, basketball, or baseball. But thanks to some basic education about the game and a few viewings of English Premier League matches, I realized I had been wrong all those years, and I became hooked. It's a far more compelling sport to watch than I used to think. Tense, exciting, and when played by the great ones, graceful and elegant. This show is for anybody who's curious why so many people love this game. It's for new fans of the European club teams looking for analysis that doesn't get too far into the weeds because, frankly, we wouldn't know how to be that in-depth. It's for anybody who wants to join us on our journey of getting to know better the most popular sport in the world. We'll talk about the game itself, the rules, the terminology, the strategy, and we'll talk about the top club soccer league in the world, the English Premier League, its teams, its history, its players, each week's games, all of it. We're kind of learning as we go here, but we're hoping you'll share that experience with us and come along for the ride. This is Hands Off Those Balls. The English Premier League began its new season with Mo Salah scoring multiple goals, Jamie Vardy scoring multiple goals, my Tottenham Hotspur losing, and me making bad fantasy league decisions. In other words, all was normal with the world for the first time in about six months. Welcome to another edition of Hands Off Those Balls. My name is Mike. I am joined, as always, by Jared. Jared, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, Mike. How about you? Um, well, I, in, in most parts of life, I'm doing okay, but um, do not trust me to set up our lineup ever again for the rest of this season on the uh, the fantasy side because I clearly am terrible at it. Well, I uh, I wish I could have contributed a little bit more, but I was still even trying to get my head around the rules, the acquisition, and the strategy for long-term personnel decisions. So I'm, I'm glad you were able to pick up the uh, ball, carry it for week one, uh, regardless of the result. So. Carry it, drop it, pick it up, yeah. carry it a couple steps. Um, so because there's nothing people love to listen to more than other people talk about their fantasy leagues. I, I think the only thing people enjoy less than listening to other people's fantasy stories are other people's bad beat stories at the poker table. That's true. Or yeah. cro CrossFit. That's another thing people don't like to hear. People. What is that? It's just that, that really rigorous. Uh, well, I know what CrossFit is. Like people tell stories about, oh, I well, that's know, carried... It, it's like it's almost like up a hill. It's almost like a meme, you know, like veganism or CrossFit. Those are two things that when people are, uh, you know, ascribed to those, they just won't show. Oh, up about I get it. That they. About. Oh, I see. That yeah, they so. become uh, believers in the religion yes, and they're trying exactly. to proselytize yeah. for others. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't like those people either. So, again, because we did want to share with you um, the uh, the trials and tribulations that were this week's. Uh, fantasy performance. Let's set the stage first to to uh, sort of not only describe one of the difficulties we had in merely selecting a team, but it's also one of the ways in which our performance is even worse than it looks. So, as many of you know, four teams were idle in match week one. Manchester City, Manchester United, Aston Villa, 
and who am I forgetting? Burnley. That sounds good. I don't think they played. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you had any of the players from those teams on your fantasy team, they were obviously not going to be playing in match week one. Um, you know, Manchester United, Manchester City. You can you can come up with all sorts of good players that people would probably have on their teams from from those squads. And again, you could have them on your team, but they weren't going to play. Now, your bench can only hold four players. And so, you know, you've got a total of 15 players on your entire roster, but you need to field a starting 11. So if half of your team is made up of Man U, Man City, Aston Villa, and Burnley, you're going to have a hard time fielding a starting 11. And this was a struggle in trying to merely, you know, draft, for lack of a better word, select um, members to be on our roster, much less start. Um, but just selecting members of a roster in a way that met all of the positional requirements. You had to have at least two goalies. You had to have at least, what was it, four defenders, at least four midfielders or something like that. Um, Within the salary cap limits, um, you know, there were times where I sort of, do I really have to have two goalies? Because I could free up some money if we didn't have to have two goalies. Yes, you do have to have two goalies. Um, so that, that takes up some of the cash. Moreover, if there are players who are idle that you really want to have on your team and just sort of suck it up for week one that they're going to be on your bench, okay, that's fine, but there's only so many times you can do that. Your bench can hold four, so you can only do that with four players. Um, and that made it a struggle for us just to even come up with a team to field. Now, I explain all of this because uh, the the league we're in has two competitions, really. One is the season-long total points competition, which team is going to have accumulated the most points over the course of the entire year uh, total, and that'll be a champion. There is also... Um, a competition within the league that's head-to-head where one fantasy team is playing another fantasy team and whoever has the most points in that week wins that head-to-head competition. Our opponent in this week apparently was unaware that Manchester City, Manchester United, Aston Villa, and Burnley were all idle because no kidding... Half of his team, half of his starting eleven, included players from those four squads who who were going to get him zero points, and they're on his starting starting eleven. So when I saw that after lineups were locked in and you couldn't change your lineups anymore, I was like, "Wow, what an advantage!" Yeah, we really lucked we're, out on that. We're one. playing a guy who didn't know you know, how to set up his lineup and all this, you know, hand wringing I've been doing over this week, not even, not just on coming up with players to have on our roster, but also who was going to start. This is great, particularly because given the, the, the idle nature of those four teams, we had four guys on the bench who were all on one of those four teams. So we didn't have a bench guy that, that we could substitute in uh, if we wanted to, 
So the 11 guys in our starting 11 were chosen because we were somewhat confident that they would, in fact, play this week and would hopefully score some points by getting goals or assists or several minutes of playing time, all the various ways that you can accumulate points in our league, and I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, They're fairly self you can figure them out on your own yeah with the rudimentary understanding of how soccer works so seemed like we had a pretty big advantage um and so the first match of the day is fulham hosting arsenal um fulham newly promoted to the uh, premier league they play their matches at craven cottage uh, did you watch this match? I did. That's a very picturesque, uh, nice-looking venue. Awesome yeah. venue, and I, right on the Thames, I think. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're redoing the stands on the Thames side. So um, they they were talking a little bit about it. I guess like any stadium, there's going to be you know the executive suites and all that. I'm sure they'll have nice views of the river, but um, but there are also going to be. Uh, concessions and restaurants and all that sort of thing. So it just looked looked really cool, even though it's not one of these ginormous seats, ninety thousand stadiums like Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is really big. Yeah, um, or old uh, Trafford. That's is that another big one? Um, probably. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, it's as its name suggests, it's not new. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's usually the new ones that are big, but. Uh, uh, I'm sure they've they've done renovations over the years to, you know, make it the uh, the new Yankee Stadium, as it were, versus the old Yankee Stadium. So anyway, that's your first match is Fulham hosting Arsenal, and one little nagging voice in the back of my head was saying, "Boy, there was a time Friday." which would be the last day we could have changed our our rosters and affected our starting lineups, where you made a change because you got scared from some of the columnists who write about the Premier League and make predictions about the, uh, the starters for any given week, that they were suggesting that newly acquired defender for Arsenal, Gabriel, he's a... Um, Brazilian, I believe, that they just uh, signed in the offseason. And I knew his name because I'd seen a lot of offseason articles about him and that, you know, Arsenal was really excited to have him. And so I'm like, oh, this is a guy to keep an eye out for. And I saw that his uh, price tag in fantasy wasn't all that high. So put him on the roster. But then I'm seeing all these reports about how Mikel Arteta wasn't, you know, too sure how he was going to set up the defense. I thought it was obvious that Gabriel should start because David Luiz was out this week with an injury. So you just spent all this money to get this guy. Why would you not start him? But there were all the members of the commentariat that were saying, I'm not sure he's starting. And so I got scared and dropped him in favor of, did I pick up the uh, um, defender from Spurs? Alderweld. It's almost like Alderon. I feel like it's a <laughs> Princess Leia's home world. Right. Yeah. It's Alderworld. We feel like millions of voices <laughs> cried out in anger, snuffed out. Um, so there was a lot of there was a lot of shifting and moving of, of players last week, and I would send Jared a text. Okay, here's I, I just made another change. You'll see it next time you log in. <laughs> 
and and I'm sitting here still trying to figure out what the hell is going on, you know, with the rules and so. I was only half paying attention to the uh, rules. My primary focus was I don't want anybody not playing if they're in our starting eleven. That was a big thing for me. Was I because that just seems so. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get any points. Humiliating, right? Nothing pine. else. Yeah. So, I got scared and took off Gabrielle. Now. You may remember from either last week when we discussed it or when friend of the show Luke was on to discuss this league back when he was playing in it, obviously, and we weren't because he's the one who invited us to join. Uh, A goal by a forward is worth, what is it, three points? I'm not sure. I know it's less than a goal by a midfielder. Right. So I, I think it's goal by a forward, three, goal by a midfielder, four, goal by a defender, Five, five because it never happens so y- y- i'm sure you all see where this is going particularly if you watched fulham versus arsenal gabriel being a, a pretty big guy is likely to be featured in the scrum during corner kicks much like virgil van dyke being a tall guy he can have his head reach the ball before all the other heads reach it on a corner that's exactly what happened gabriel gets a goal on a header for the second goal of the match. You may also be aware that Arsenal held Fulham scoreless, so he's a defender involved in a team that kept their opponents scoreless, so for the clean sheet, he got some points. Gabriel racked up a whole bunch of points, and he played the whole match, so that's more points. Kicking ourselves for not keeping Gabriel on. Uh, It was just the very first match of the whole year, and I'm like, son of a... Well... You can blame yourself, but I just want to let you know I'm not blaming you. So, you know, that doesn't make me feel better. Yeah, I know. At all. Um, and and just to really stick it to us, um, uh, Rebecca Lowe in the studio after the Arsenal match hands it off to Robbie Earl. Okay, Robbie, you've got the Liberty Mutual Man of the Match. Who are you selecting for the Liberty Mutual Man of the Match, Robbie? And I'm sitting here like it's gonna be Gabrielle, isn't it? And it was Gabrielle. I wonder how many points the uh, man of the match would have been. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. It should be in there. Robbie Earl probably was smart enough to have him on his fantasy team, unlike some of us. So my apologies. You may not blame me, but I'll I blame me. Um, and uh, that was that was a sign of things to come, because in the in the next match. Crystal Palace is taking on Southampton, and we had several players involved in that. We had. Uh, Zaha, we had AU from Crystal Palace. We also had uh, Danny Ings. Big scoring yeah. Danny Ings. Second in the Golden Boot last, uh, and last I, year. I, hasn't he won one in the past? Uh, he may have, but... So, and and you select a captain of your, your starting 11, and that player, whatever points they score, will be doubled. So... If you know, if, even though he's a forward, if he scored a goal, it wouldn't just be worth three; it'd be worth six. And the same with any other points that you score. Uh, yeah, he didn't score. He didn't assist. He didn't do anything except play the whole match. So two points because he played the whole match, and it's doubled, so four points. Which it's a real slap in the face. It's but, a slap yeah. in the face because it pales in comparison to our opponent's captain, one Jamie Vardy who scored two goals on penalties. And and this got me thinking, you know, typical, the um, grass is always greener on the other side, I'm sure, but 
Should penalties be worth as much as a goal in play? You know, in, in, I don't think so. I mean, in fact, I would. You know, it's I, like a free throw. I was thinking about it. Mo Salah and Jamie Vardy have a combined five goals. Four of them Jeez. are on penalty kicks. You know, so. And by and and this is this is even extending to a match that that just finished. Um, that um, our goalie, we had the Brighton goalie. Um, and at last check had given up three goals, so it's not like he's putting up any big numbers. But one of those was a penalty. Yep. And, like in that situation, it wouldn't really matter whether whether you're given up a penalty or you're given up a regular goal. You know, it would get too complicated to differentiate between that for the goalies, I think. But for for points added to your score, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying it should be worth half, but you know, maybe maybe yeah. one fewer point than it otherwise would be. Um. So yeah, our opponent had Vardy. Vardy was his captain. So two goals for Vardy. Played the full game. Double all that. We were basically losing just to Jamie Vardy by day's end on Saturday. <laughs> um, Zaha did score. Uh, Zaha uh, probably should have had more than one goal, and then yeah, Danny he, almost, Ng, he almost had three. Yeah, and Danny Ings. Got stopped. I mean, this is going to happen every week that that we'll have players who almost scored. So I don't want to get too far into you know we had Raul Jimenez uh, from Wolves who did score a goal today. Uh, you know, but he had some almosts, and, and we had Traore, and he had some almosts. But our, our opponent had Traore too, so it didn't really matter what he did. Um, so I don't want to get too far into oh, it, you know. No, it was more the it, it was the additional slap in the faceage that I was going for, not not the grass is greener aspect. It was, I mean, I watched that game and I was just sort of laughing yeah. as as I was. It's all you can do yeah. at this point. So, yeah, these are the as we discussed last week the the uh, horrible history yours truly has in predicting odds or evens or toll booths flipping yeah. a coin. Toll booths, the uh, which which is the fastest lane at the supermarket. I'm terrible at all of that, and that does in fact extend to uh, to picking a starting eleven for fantasy. So, who knows? Next week, maybe we'll be happier about the results of match week two because we'll have the likes of um, Kevin De Bruyne available. We'll have Jack Grealish available. Um, We'll have at least one Burnley defender available, and so if Pope puts up a clean sheet, that that's good for the defenders. So we'll, we'll be able to be a little more flexible next week, and hopefully we'll also add Bruno Fernandez from Manchester United. We had we had set up our salary cap, leaving some salary cap space in order to swap a crappy player for him in week two. Um, so hopefully, well, well, one of the problems I'd had too, and I mentioned this to you, is that all the strategies and statistics I was looking are set up for the DraftKings style every week is new whereas I believe this this league is uh, you get one free transaction a week otherwise there's a point penalty that's correct so it it will take a good six to eight weeks to revamp your team if you're not happy with it without to revamp it by multiple players right yeah yeah and that was and similarly that was why in order to get Bruno back you know, I was staring at the at the list and staring at the the money, and I was saying, okay, the, there are ways to get a a high salary player on your team 
through like multiple player swaps in order in, in other words two moderate salary guys would equal a big salary guy and a cheap guy for example so if you did you know the two for two swap there then then that's a way to get a high salary guy on your squad without doing a one for one swap of two high salary guys because we obviously uh, don't want to do that we don't, right, we don't want to yeah. you know we don't want to send de bruyne back to get fernandez i want them both right so the only way to because of that rule you just talked about that you can only do one transfer per week and that means one player for one player that's it you can do that once for free and then after that you got to pay for it so your options are either to do no transfers for one week in in which case you can roll over uh the transfer you didn't use and that'll go on to the next week so you'll now have two free transfers the thing is that's it you can only roll over once so you'll have two free transfers. You can't just keep doing it and end up with like six free transfers all at the same time. Um, so you can either do that or you can do what we did, which was we ended up with a team whose combi- total combined salary was something on the order of 96 and a half million pounds of our available 100 million pounds with the idea that this week we're going to drop a 7 million player in order to afford Bruno Fernandez's. 10.5 million right so yeah again i'm aware of just how interesting this is to everybody who's not in our league <laughs> but perhaps you're in a similar league and you faced similar frustrations this week with with the fact that 20 percent of the english premier league wasn't even playing because it, <laughs> it complicated things whether yeah. you believe me or not it did um so enough of that already there there was Plenty of action this week uh, that was compelling viewing, and we're going to get into that in more detail in the second half, but for now we're going to take a break so we can give you all the scores from this past Match Week 1 and give you the schedule for Match Week 2. So stick around, and we will be right back. Here are your scores from Match Week 1 in the English Premier League. The season began on Saturday with Arsenal dominating Fulham 3-0 at Craven Cottage. Crystal Palace eked out a 1-0 win at home over Southampton. Liverpool held off an aggressive Leeds United squad four goals to three at Anfield. And Newcastle blanked West Ham with two goals on the road. Sunday, Leicester City welcomed newly promoted West Brom with a three-goal shutout at the Hawthorns. Visiting Everton escaped London with a 1-0 victory over Spurs. Play concluded on Monday as Wolves took a 2-0 win over Sheffield at Bramall Lane and Chelsea topped Brighton down at the beach. A full slate for Match Week 2 begins Merseyside Saturday as West Brom meets Everton. Leeds takes on visiting Fulham. Crystal Palace heads to Old Trafford for Manchester United's first match of the season. And the day concludes with a London derby as West Ham crosses town to meet Arsenal. On Sunday, Spurs take on Southampton at St. Mary's. Brighton heads north for a meeting with Newcastle. Chelsea hosts Liverpool and Brighton visits Leicester. Monday sees Aston Villa's first match as Sheffield pay them a visit. And the week concludes with Man City heading to Molyneux to take on Wolves. That's what's happening in the EPL. Now back to the show. And we're back. 
Now, one of the things that uh, any fan of English Premier League would have noticed, not just this past weekend, but something that was starting to become more common in the last few match weeks of last season, is the presence of the streaming service Peacock. Peacock is NBC's uh, streaming service that you can pay for in order to see things like old episodes of 30 Rock or friends i guess and uh, who knows how far back they go but it's it's netflix nbc style and so the equivalent of like cbs all access or you know, you all, all these people yeah. are coming up with their and so i'm sure peacock like cbs all access probably has some original programming that is only available on peacock because i think cbs don't they have like a star trek show yeah i'm a huge star trek fan and i refuse to put down the $10 a month just to watch one show that I might, you know. It's I, entirely logical. Why would yeah. you pay that kind of money for, I mean, we get nickel-dimed on so many, of whether it's the streaming services or, or similar, you know, that, okay, Netflix costs this much and Amazon Prime costs that much and, you know, you probably got to pay something to get some kind of local channels and it just, it, it slowly turns into a, you know, Comcast would charge me $200 just to get all of this in one shot. So am I really coming out ahead by trying to be careful with with my TV viewing? But Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had a point later on about that. Uh, Ten years ago, right, uh, everyone had a, a, a cable package that was like 100 bucks plus maybe an HBO and a couple, you know, I think Netflix and Hulu were the only ones that were, that were out there at the time. Right. But eventually people started saying, the hell with this uh, you know i don't want to pay for stuff i'm not watching oh by the way i'm looking at you bravo and e and yeah. you know those those stations and oh so, you don't want to watch the the real housewives of wichita kansas uh, not even a little bit <laughs> um but you know eventually people started saying i'm not going to do this anymore and then the cord cutter sort of uh you know group was established and if you're yeah. not familiar with what that was it was people that were saying I'm not going to subscribe to cable anymore, and I'm just going to go with these streaming services. Yeah, the a la carte thing kind of made sense until the yeah. prices came out. Well, <laughs> see, and the, the problem is is that it's a free market, so the consumers basically fought back, and the content providers basically said, okay, point taken, uh, but... We're still going to yeah, charge here, you an arm and a leg. Yeah, you're now going to have to pay $10 for these seven things that you're interested in, and mm -hmm. now we have the same content bill that we did 10 yeah. years ago you know, yeah so. and with with networks each having their own that's where i'm sort of like now wait a minute you yeah, guys right. are supposed to be available through the air you right know, I, yeah i always joke that the the local abc affiliate when i was a kid that you could pick it up with a fork because it was just so easy to pick that up you know through a tv that didn't even have an antenna on it you know, just a little screw in the back that you would yep you know hook up the Remember little U at UHF prong. and VHF exactly so, yeah uh, so channel 8 the ABC affiliate was just easy to pick up all the time and it would come in crystal clear um, you know now that we've everybody's walking around with five cell phones and, and you know all of the all the kind of garbage radio signals that are now in the air it's probably not quite the same but uh, I believe there are still people who get all of their TV just with an antenna through, you know, the networks and stuff. So the idea of paying, whether it's CBS or any of them, 10, 15, anything like that, just, just for a bunch of CBS shows, that's not appealing to me. I, yeah, so I, 
so Dish lost Fox for a couple of years, two or three years ago for me. And they they said, well, we'll give you a free antenna. Just put it on your second floor and point it at New Haven and you should be good to go. I did that and I got 10 stations and only three of them were in English and none of them were anything related to Fox. Well, so. I, I was about to say, and, and uh, breaking down the fourth wall, I think this is the first time we've ever acknowledged what state we're in. Um, so, but correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe there's a Fox channel out of New Haven. Well, that... That, that's Fox what they told me to do. Yeah, is so, out of Hartford. Well, then they told me to point it in the wrong area, but yeah. So um, that could have been why I... Uh, it could have complicated that things. Could, that could have been a problem. Maybe so. point that thing a different direction. So anyway, <laughs> um, the reason we bring up Peacock is because you may have noticed this weekend that a number of matches were only available on Peacock. And again, this is a week in which you had only a limited number of matches to begin with. Instead of a full slate of 10, we had eight. And on, uh, was a Spurs match on Saturday? Yep. So on Saturday, you had Spurs... Sorry, Sunday. All right, so on Sunday, you had yeah. Spurs Everton, only available on Peacock. Yep. On Saturday, you had Newcastle, who? Uh, West Ham. West Ham, only available on Peacock. And today, this afternoon. Today, you have Brighton um, and Chelsea only available on Peacock. So, of the eight matches, three of them were only available on Peacock. I'm not the math guy. That seems like a lot. 37%-ish. That is, that is a lot. Yeah. So, if this is going to continue, I'm not going to be happy about it. Jared, I don't know how you feel about this whole situation. Well, I'm, I'm not happy about it either. Um so there's a lot of confusion around this whole Peacock thing. Um, first of all, in its sort of relation to what NBC Gold was, which is still a little bit of a confusing thing for me. Um, but I had to actually go online, read a lot of stuff, and compile what I would consider a you know a, basically a frequently asked questions for this whole Peacock issue that may be helpful to people like you that are angry and people like me that are confused. I'm just always it. angry. Yeah, <laughs> about exactly what's going on here. Um, and Mike, you know, obviously correct any of this if any this doesn't ring a, a bell with you. Um, but so the question number one is, what's the, the difference between Peacock versus NBC Gold? And why is Peacock so much worse? Now, there's two points in response here. From a technical perspective, Peacock, unlike NBC Gold, is not available on most popular streaming portals like Roku or Fire TV. Um, so you're forced to watch on mobile or do bizarre casting to TVs from other devices. So I've got um, I've got Roku on one of my well I, I let me take that back. I have a Roku stick or whatever. Um, I'm not subscribed to have, to Roku for my TV though. But I mean, I, have I, you seen a Peacock app? I haven't looked. I'm just going by what No, I, I haven't. Yeah. But I, so I'm trying to pick so like with Roku or um, I've got one of you, or Amazon, Amazon Fire, Fire Stick. Stick. Yeah, you sort of get to that home screen where you've got all your apps available, and you're supposed to be able to look for new ones, right? So you're saying available. that the the Peacock is not service is not an app that you could get on that yes. home screen. Oh, jeez, yeah. well, what the heck? So you're supposed to watch it on your phone? Yeah, you're supposed oh, to watch lame. it on mobile, or like I said, cast doing weird things where you can cast from your phone to a TV. Um, now, technical challenges are usually overcome with time, so this is of less uh, of a concern, but 
What is a greater concern, though, from a content perspective is Peacock is legally and contractually obligated to specifically cover the top teams this year. They only used to put top teams on NBC Gold when they were playing at the same time and there weren't enough channels to cover all the games. Um, however, as we already saw this week, uh, Tottenham, Everton, and Chelsea were all on Peacock this week. Now, here's a... If you haven't already done the math, and I, I confess I haven't, um, but but you're you're better at this stuff and could probably do it in your head. Um, I believe the the number I heard just in the commercials, you know, they had these promos trying to push you to get um, uh, Peacock. I want to say it was something on the order of 150 odd games are going to exclusively be available on Peacock this year. Yeah, so that's actually covered in the frequently asked question number two, which is, what's going to be on Peacock this season? Well, of the 380 EPL matches, 175, or nearly half, are exclusive to Peacock, with the other 205 appearing on NBC or NBCSN. But here's the main difference this year and why it's so bad. Um these used to be an over uh, overflow solution, but contractually, NBC has to have each team on Peacock in at least three matches. Who's this contract with? Like contract with the EPL? I'm guessing. What? But you know, uh, you know, why for, the hell would they want their matches on Peacock? They have to know that there's got to be some kickback for this, right? Well, I mean, I mean, that's possible. I thought of that. When um, they say it's not the money, you know, it's the money. You know, for example, Chelsea versus Liverpool and Liverpool versus Arsenal are on Peacock this year. NBC really? Gold would never have had those kinds of games behind a streaming paywall. Jeez. Um, um, so here we are now, apparently. Um, and so the um, I just I don't get this because I guess because of where I'm coming from, as as the intro describes, I I went most of my life disliking soccer quite frankly uh because i was terrible at it as a child that's why but um you know i i now really enjoy watching it it's it's you know 7 30 in the morning on a saturday there's live sports to be watched it's great you don't get that that's usually the only time of my week i have to myself yeah exactly. you know it's great so i i don't the the timing issue the whole this is the only game in town at 7 30 on a saturday that's one thing, but I also believe that I'm not alone in saying that uh, I am a newly interested English Premier League fan, and it would behoove NBC or whatever media outlet is airing the games, has the rights to the games, to make them as available as possible so that, you know, I don't necessarily want to call myself an on-the-fence fan, but I'm a new fan, so wouldn't you want to cater to not only new fans who are already invested, but the potential to draw in more new fans. This has been an ongoing argument it, it in is. the United I mean, States for decades about why don't we like soccer? The whole world loves soccer. We don't like soccer. And it, it's coming around. Not just because of me, but because I right. see, you know, NBC Sports is always showing these shots of, you know, like, like parents with their babies with the little, like, Liverpool jersey on, on you know, two-month-old junior there and all that. Like, the, the fandom is expanding, but I think right now is sort of a delicate time. I wouldn't think now is the time to get overbearing and say... I, no, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, this might make sense in two years when 
things are more stable. Maybe 20 years. Yeah, maybe I mean, 20 really? years, you know. Um, but a bigger problem for me is that the Peacock schedule is not actually published in advance, so it's impossible for consumers to make informed decisions up front. Really? Yeah. Well, so but that, how do? You, but you know that that Liverpool. I guess that one was Chelsea. locked in. But remember, like I said, so they're they, flexing games. Yes, they have to cover uh, each team at least three matches, but a lot of them are going to be more than that. So we're really going to not going to really know the extent of this uh, Peacock schedule. It's until certainly like to. Th- okay, so everybody everybody has a guaranteed three times they have yeah. to be on Peacock, but for the rest, it'll be a, a healthy serving of. You know, West Brom and yeah, <laughs> Aston Villa. Well, do you remember that? I there was a failed experiment with baseball. I think a couple of years ago, where there was a Thursday afternoon game that was only on Facebook Live. Yes, and, I remember uh, that. And I just remember just I glad that experiment yeah, died a fiery death. That was terrible. Yeah, and and you know the the analogy I was going to make was there was a time where some of these regional networks uh, for baseball, uh, the Yes Network, is the Yankees channel um nesson new england sports network so red sox games will be on that um now there was a time i think where the your cable bill like had a noticeable increase not necessarily by a lot of dollars but you just you were charged more if you wanted the yes network now i think it's become common enough that it's it's in a lot of these cable packages, ubiquitous sort of, in, yeah, Ooh, fancy word. Um, but there was a time where it wasn't, and I remember there being a bit of an outcry then. And we are talking about baseball, the national pastime that's been around in this country for 150 years, and and that that fan base, well, that fan base actually is dying its own death, but yeah. but but not because of this. My point in bringing it up is the Yes Network, Nesson, all these other providers soon realized charging people more to watch our games is a bad idea. And they learned it even in a sport that had arguably the most set, you know, firm foundation fan base of any sport in the United States. So the fact that they're trying to do it with soccer just... I don't get it. It, it, it. NBC Sports Network is an a it's an American company. Like they have to know that soccer is still a distant. Is it even fifth? Like uh, a, a NASCAR is yeah, probably ahead yeah. of it, right? So it's like seventh or something. And uh, you know, it, it'll be kind of interesting to to see. I I really hope that these Peacock games aren't the Saturday 7.30, Saturday 10, because those are the ones that I can actually sit down and have the time to watch. <laughs> Kids right? aren't up yet. Like, at least, you know, if you're going to make half the, the games on Peacock, make them the half that I don't have the time to see. And, right. You know, that's my selfish... Uh, no, it makes sense. I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I was actually a little disappointed on Sunday when I woke up to learn that, oh, we're not having any games until it was 10 or 11 yeah. or something. Oh, we don't have a... As I'm wiping the sleep from my eyes with my first <laughs> cup of coffee, getting a soccer match, this sucks. Um, man. So add add Peacock to one of the things that Jared and I will be venting about throughout this year. Yeah, you will not be... This is not the last this of this is battle. This is not the last you've heard of this. Um, God, Lee... I, 
if only we had the uh, uh, direct line to the head of NBC Universal, I'm sure they'd pick right up and, and eagerly accept our advice on this because surely we know better than a bunch of suits in who, who've been working in the media world their <laughs> whole lives. Uh, it, it still seems crazy to me. All right, well, let's talk about some, some actual matches this week. Um, so we couldn't, in fact, watch Spurs-Everton, but uh, as I alluded to in the open, it was a 1-0 victory for Everton. Um, I, I, I couldn't watch it. Um, Jared, you're usually pretty good about checking the, uh, the stats on these things, the secondary stats and whatnot to, to kind of get a feel. I glanced at them too, and it, it didn't necessarily jump off the page that Spurs got all that outplayed. No, it was, it was you know, within a margin of error for performance. Uh, there was a little incident in the 84th minute. Did you see that one? I, I didn't see any of it. Oh, well, I, I watched the highlights. So, uh, Richarlison for Everett and uh, Pierre. Everton. Oh, Everton. Uh, and Pierre-Emile, and I'm not even going to attempt the last name. Uh, it's the one that has, uh, it's like Holger or something. Oh, what, a couple of umlauts yeah, in there yeah, and I, everything? Probably Hoiberg? Hoiberg. Go with um, that. Why not? For Spurs. So they kind of collide on loose ball challenge and both collapse in a heap. Um, I think uh, Richarlison was objectively their first uh, but Spurs player, and I think we mentioned him earlier, Toby Alderworld. Uh, seemed to intentionally kick the dead ball into the crumpled Richarlison. Um, so there was a lot of pushing and shoving. Harry Kane was in the middle. Uh, they were talking about possibly a red car for Pierre-Emile, but it was only a yellow. So, so was, they were talking about yeah, the, the, a red car, and I take it this wasn't like in the in the 18-yard box or anything like that. No, right? no, it's half field somewhere. I mean, I ask yeah. because it, it would have been appropriate. You know, let's, let's sure, yeah. merge the two worlds – and, and not only make it so that Mike is angry that his team is giving up a really crappy performance against Everton, but let's just sprinkle in a little bit fantasy-wise because our opponent had Richarlison on his team. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, a penalty kick for Richarlison. Why not? Let's why throw not? that into yeah. everything because he probably does kick them for Everton. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, him, one or the other. Yeah. But, yeah, that just – that would have been the icing on the cake to have the two worlds combined for that. Um, I tell you, one match that that I had on my television wasn't on Peacock. Uh, did have on my TV, but I unfortunately wasn't able to watch. And it had fantasy implications because our team has Trent Alexander-Arnold, which I thought was just a coup of the century to have a guy who kicks free kicks but is a defender. So this guy's going to be scoring goals and getting bonus points as a defender, and Liverpool's playing Leeds. They're newly promoted, so they're probably not going to score, so oh, those yeah. will be points for the defender. Alexander-Arnold's going to be racking them up for us this week. Oh, it's great. And if you had told me Liverpool scored four times, I'd probably say, well, heck, at the very least, Alexander-Arnold would have to have gotten an assist somewhere in there, or maybe off of one of his free kicks. Um what, Mike, would you yeah. say there was a flood of goals? Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch much of this match uh, to see if any of the predictions I just rattled off were true because I had a bit of a plumbing issue with the house. I had to uh, swap out a water heater, which, for those of you who, who are familiar with plumbing, is, is 
very low on the, the list of difficult jobs. It's a pretty easy job, just a couple of connections. That wasn't uh, the, the entertainment uh, portion of the plumbing work. What happened was shortly after I was done with that, I uh, was running a hose outside and discovered that the valve for the outside faucet you know, you go outside, you hook up your hose to it, and like the spigot, crank the yeah. crank the valve on the spigot. Wasn't working because after I used the hose and I tried to shut it off, it wouldn't stop running. This is this is not how you want your uh, your outside faucets to work because you'll just that's a water feature. <laughs> I didn't need that much water for that part of the lawn, and I didn't want to make my well run out of water either. Now, a short-term solution to this would have been, okay, hook up the hose, make sure you got the little pistol at the end of the hose that you spray when you're washing your car, you know, that you can change And that should stop it, right? And it should stop it. It's not a great solution because those things aren't, there's always bleeding, there's a little bit of dripping out of those things. But at least contains it a little bit. At least contained it for a minute. Problem was, the pistol sprayer thing for my hose was shot, and so water was just spraying out of that even if you didn't pull the trigger on it. So what am I going to do now? And so I run inside, say, well, there's got to be a valve inside that I can shut off and just sh- that's isolated for the outside faucet and I can kill the water to the outside faucet and, and move along with my day. One of these days I'll replace the outside faucet and, and solve this problem. Only problem is the, the valve that was immediately before the outside faucet would not only have shut it off, but it would have shut off water to the majority of my house because I'm looking at the pipes and they go not only to the outside faucet, they go upstairs to my kitchen and bathrooms and like, well, that's not going to work. So the solution I came up with, again, short term, just to, to get me through the weekend <laughs> Uh, I took one of those caps that you can, it's, it's got female threads on it, so you can just screw this cap onto the, the spigot, the silcock, the outside faucet, so that water won't be coming out of it anymore. Even if I opened the valve, you know, turned the, the outside faucet on all the way, this cap will keep the water from coming out, and then that'll keep the water inside, and the upstairs is still getting water, and everybody's happy. But have you ever tried to screw, say, a hose onto the outside faucet when it's turned on. Like full full bore. Full blast. Yeah, it's awful. It yeah, goes everywhere. Just, in your face. In your face, on your shirt. Chest, just sprays yeah. everywhere. And that's with a hose, which which the water can actually go through once you get the hose somewhat lined up and the threads somewhat lined up. Imagine doing it with a, a flat brass cap where the water has nowhere to go until this thing is fully threaded on tight. And it's just spraying everywhere. I made the analogy to it felt like I was in an episode of I Love Lucy. You made the even better analogy that I should have had the Benny Hill music playing in the background while this is happening and I'm getting sprayed. And my dog is in the corner laughing at me as it's all going on. So that's what I was doing while the Liverpool-Leeds match was going on. But that's okay, because we should still be getting a bunch of points off of Trent Alexander-Arnold, because Leeds Absolutely. sucks. They're yeah. newly promoted. There's no way they scored a lot of goals. What was the final score in uh, Liverpool-Leeds United? 4-3. Oh, yeah. well, that's more than I would have thought that Liverpool would yep. have. And I saw a stat today, too, that said Liverpool was tied with other teams for, for having the most clean sheets last year. I'm like, well, not in that match they weren't. Nope. So, did you actually watch it? 
Uh, I did. I, I was actually pretty excited for this one. I mean, two league champions squaring off. Uh, I've been looking forward to see what Leeds can do up here. You know, it's a baptism of fire for them. They're on the road going against the champions. Uh, it's the first EPL game in 16 years. It's uh, just a good good setup. Um, and I was actually pretty happy with how it turned out. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned I'm pushing for Leeds pretty hard. Um, you know, so... Um, but not even three minutes into the game, uh, Mo Salah blasts a shot off Leeds defender Robin, I think it's Koch, uh, his arm, who's moving in transition for a handball penalty kick. Now, uh, this one was a lot less questionable than the ones I've been complaining about for weeks, but still, I don't like seeing these all the time. So, uh, Mo Salah converts uh, first goal, 1-0, uh, and then after three minutes, and, you know, we're probably thinking, well, this is how it's going to go today. Um... It, it, Robin Koch, by the way, is 24 years old, but looks like he's about 12. Have you seen a picture of him? Anyways. Just. No, no, and I'm trying to think back because I did watch a documentary about Leeds from like two yeah, two seasons ago. Um, so if he's one of these junior types, he probably was too young to even be in that. Yeah, just yeah. anyways. Uh, Jack Harrison for Leeds equalizes nine minutes later in a really nice move and an 18-yard strike. Um, and then in the... Uh, 20th minute we talked about Virgil van Dyke um, he does something I've been begging teams and players to do more consistently for a long time uh, I was talking to you about this yesterday Mike but normally when there's a corner kick there's a mass of about 12 players packed six yards out no one can move everyone is covered so when the ball comes in it's just kind of a luck of you know who's going to hit it and it's, it's the one backwards. time in, in a Premier League match where it looks like a like ages six through yeah, seven be beehive ball is what they call <laughs> it you know yeah just a bunch of people seemingly with no purpose running in various directions chasing the ball um but what what virgil does here is he starts at the 18 starts sprinting in as the uh player taking the corner is running in times it perfectly so that he arrives right when the ball's there at you know six yards out and he's uncovered obviously because he's you know running full stride uh, is wide open and heads it right in. So Beautiful. And yeah. Van Dyke's a defender. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had him on our roster briefly last week, and then I dropped him. Well, that's good. So that so that was almost eight points that's or whatever. almost eight yeah. points for us. Nice. <laughs> um, so 2-1 Liverpool after that. And then uh, Patrick Bamford, we talked about him last week in our Leeds preview, um, but he equalizes again 10 minutes later after a, a long pass, a defensive mister, uh, misdirection, and then a really nice finesse tap off uh, the keeper. Um, and then three minutes later, uh, this this is really a seesaw back and forth game. Mo Salah gives Liverpool its third lead um, by a, a nice outside shot off a free kick, three uh, two Liverpool. Um, then Leeds equalizes again on a really nice settle and shot by uh, Klitsch, I think is the the name. Um, but then in the eighty seventh minute, an ill advised Leeds challenge in the box yields another penalty kick, which Mo Salah converts for the hat trick. And four three is your final. And you could actually argue that, you know, if it weren't for those two penalty kicks, you know, Leeds maybe had a good chance at, uh, to, I mean, they, they won the possession game 52-48. to 48. They did. Yeah. Okay. They, you know, they played really, really well. Well, so. and the thing about them, too, is um, their manager is a fellow by the name of uh, Marcelo Bielsa, who he was featured in this documentary I'm talking about that I watched. So he came on board not last season, but the season before, if I'm not mistaken. And he's from Argentina, and he had managed 
this this Argentine club team that's renowned. A lot of a lot of the best players played there when they were young. Um, I I kind of think that um, Lionel Messi might have briefly played with that team and played with Bielsa. Uh, I know that kind of runs counter to my description of him being abducted as a like a four-year-old oh, yeah. <laughs> from last week. Uh, but I've just, I've got it in my head that the only reason I would know about that team is because of something I watched about Messi months ago. So regardless, Bielsa's a world-renowned manager and it was a coup that Leeds signed him. You know, here's a team in the championship of all things, getting this particular guy. And he is known as just like, Hyper aggressive, everybody play up. So it's not a terrible surprise that Leeds was able to put up four goals. It's a bit of a surprise they did it against Liverpool. It's something to keep an eye on for the rest of the year. Like, I'm 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 pretty pleased. I mean, they went toe to toe. They looked really good doing it on the road. Mm. Um, so you know they may be a, a fun team to uh, look out for. Yeah. One interesting thing is uh, they had zero corners. Leeds did on that game. I. Uh, I wanted to look that up. Seems hard to do. Yeah, I wanted to look up and see how unusual that one was. But hmm. yeah. all right, so are you any closer to officially picking your team that you're going to root for? Uh, not this week. Not just, this week. Yeah, all right. yeah. All right. so. it's going to be. This is going to be a, a refrain throughout the years. Is me asking whether or not you've finally right. committed to one? Because, like I said, you know, the I have. I'm not going to pick the team. The team is going to pick me. Right, and when yeah. it's when it's ready to do that, it will do. Oh, that. Oh, that's just know. adorable. All right, well, uh, we, we are definitely running up on time this week, uh, mostly because I had to bore you all with fantasy weeping in my beer and, and stories of me having my uh, outside spigot spray water in my face like uh, I Love Lucy. So uh, with that, we hope you enjoyed the show, and we're excited that Premier League is finally back, although it wasn't that long of a wait considering everything it was essentially a month we're going to be spoiled next year when it's the normal oh yeah three three ah you just ruined my day oh well that's still a long ways off so we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us this week we don't have a show without you so thanks for that and we hope you join us next week we'll have another batch of games to talk about and hopefully they won't all be on peacock so we'll be able to discuss them in some detail (laughs) thanks again for listening we'll talk at you next week have a great week everybody